Hello, everyone. This is Debbie with Wave Radio, and I'm talking to you about life from the perspective of inquiry and curiosity. I use a self-inquiry method called the work of Byron Katie to inquire into my stressful thinking. And I find that it opens me up and has me looking at life in different perspectives. You know, I've been reading this author called Sherry Huber, and she's been talking about the conditioning process of how we're all survivors of the socialization process, and that it took a certain amount of conditioning to get us all, you know, to be functioning adults in the world. And, and to some degree, that's necessary. Of course it's necessary. Because otherwise, uh, you know, children would be running out in the street or um, just not knowing how to function in, in the culture they live in. So conditioning, of course, is necessary. However, we've all been through the process with parents who've most likely done it from an unconscious space. Now, I talked about this last week. And what I've been thinking about from last week till now is not only do I talk to myself or experience myself as being uh, from this place of there's something wrong with me, but when I'm in that place, I often talk to others as if there's something wrong with them or that's how I communicate messages. I notice it most acutely with my children. So it's not enough for me to just tell them to stop doing something or uh, to correct behavior perhaps or even lay down a boundary. When I'm coming from the framework that there's something wrong with me, I communicate there's something wrong with them. So just hear me out. Perhaps your child is late and you know, you want to correct them and talk to them about how their lateness had an effect on people around them, you know, because we really believe this is an important lesson. We don't want our children to be the ones who are inconsiderate in the world. So it's not enough that we talk to them about being late and how we feel about that. We usually add in things like, that was inconsiderate of you. You inconvenienced me. How thoughtless or how disrespectful. All of that has a veil of shame. Just think about the communications you have with your children when you're trying to teach them a lesson. You know, quote, teach them a lesson. Is it enough to just talk to them about the thing they did and leave it at that? Or do we have to add in the guilt, the message that when you do that thing, there's something wrong with you? Think about the words like, how could you? What were you thinking? How could you do such a thing? These are kinds of terms that we parents banter around without even thinking about it. You know, you should be grown up. You should have grown out of that by now. These are all messages we've heard as well as our parents have heard. 
it's like we can't trust the lesson enough. We can't just say, don't do that. You know, and I kind of liken it to the um, the animal kingdom. You think about dogs. <laughs> um, you know, the one dog might pin another dog to make them stop doing something. And that's enough. They just stop the behavior. They don't add in the doses of shame that we humans do. Because we're not just trying to stop the behavior right now. We're trying to stop the behavior forever. And we might even say to ourselves, that works. Because maybe our child doesn't do that thing anymore. Or at least we don't see them do that thing. What we're not recognizing is that often what we're doing, what our children are doing inside of them to stop them from doing, from stopping themselves from doing that behavior is creating a, a sub-personality, an inner judge, an inner critic that's telling them, um, giving them sentences like, oh, I'm such an idiot. Why did I do that? That attachment that we form with our children can also be their worst enemy because they're dependent on it for survival. And so when we teach with shame, when we teach with a message that there is something wrong with you, they internalize it and it becomes a part of them. So I've just been observing my conversation and my communication with my children this week. And notice that the more that I start to be okay with myself, the less I need to teach with shame. You know, things like they're being disrespectful is something I can question. I can use the work, that's uh, self-inquiry, I can use the work and say, is it true? When my child rolls their eyes at me, is that disrespectful? Is that true? Can I absolutely know that that's what that means? I mean, that's what I was told. That's what my friends say. But what do I think? And how do I react when I'm believing that my child is being disrespectful to me? Well, I get defensive and I lash out and I shame and I guilt and I speech and I stop listening and I stop connecting. I think I know the whole story about my, my child's behavior and what their motivation is. And I look down on them. I see them as small and me as big. I'm the adult. I'm the one in control here. But just for one moment, if I could sink back into that situation and see my child, even in the midst of them doing something like rolling their eyes, and not look at it as disrespectful. Like, it's not even possible for me to think that thought. And I know that seems like... Uh, well, there would be no such thing. That's magical thinking. Well, this is imagination land, so let's just test it. Let's use this as an experiment to see what life might be like if I didn't have the story that when my child rolls their eyes at me, that means they're disrespectful. What would life be like without that thought in that moment? And I just close my eyes and I look in and I notice that the way I'm speeching my child is most likely igniting some counter will and that the only thing that they have left at their disposal is rolling their eyes.
because I've trained them that they better not talk back. Who am I without the thought my child's being disrespectful? I'm seeing a glimmer of individuality there. And I'm seeing that I'm probably making them uncomfortable. I understand that feeling. Without the thought that my child's being disrespectful, I actually just feel more open and compassionate. I can still address the eye rolling. I can say something like, Oh, and now I notice you've rolled your eyes and I'm wondering what's going on for you. I wonder what you're experiencing right now. I feel more desire to connect rather than a desire to speech and push and shove. And the wonderful, delightful part that I find a lot of fun about the work of Byron Katie is the turnarounds. So I take a thought like my child is disrespectful and I turn that around. I'm disrespectful. So in that moment, how is it that I'm actually being the one disrespectful? Well, the way I'm talking to her and uh, shaming her is definitely disrespectful. So I notice that it's not just enough to think to myself that there's nothing wrong with me. The way to prove it to myself is inquiry. It continues to bring me back to compassion for me and compassion for my child and an open-heartedness. So I just invite you to this experience, invite you to consider and just notice if you're communicating with there's something wrong with you. And what's the message you're saying? If you're saying something like, you're inconveniencing me, you're disrespectful, those sentences right there, those ones that we use as those shameful sentences that we're trying to control our children with, those are the ones that are open for questioning. Those are the ones that we can inquire about. Because they're also the ones that we use against ourselves. So we're ultimately freeing ourselves. So thank you very much for listening, and I look forward to talking to you again next week.